Are you a man looking for an intensive program to help you overcome sexually addictive behaviors? Gateway to Freedom is your answer. Gateway to Freedom is a three-day workshop for men seeking to overcome any destructive sexual habits. Whether married, single, or divorced, Gateway to Freedom will help men regain hope for a new life of purity and real contentment. The workshop is conducted by experts in the field of sexual addiction recovery with decades of combined experience. Read testimonials of workshop alumni at gatewaymen.com get all the info and register online at gatewaymen.com or call 1-800-49-PURITY Hi, my name is Jonathan and I'm the founder of the Gateway to Freedom Workshop I want to personally invite you to register for our next workshop coming up April 28th through the 30th in Pennsylvania in the beautiful Poconos along the Delaware River so call us today at 1-800-49-PURITY that's 1-800-497- 8748 or visit gatewaymen.com Welcome to Pure Sex Radio with your hosts Jonathan and Stephen. This dynamic program is designed to educate, encourage and equip listeners with the tools necessary for living a life of sexual purity. Visit us online at puresexradio.com. And now Please welcome Jonathan and Stephen on Pure Sex Radio. Good day, radio listeners. Welcome to this edition of the Pure Sex Radio broadcast. We're glad to have you with us. My name is Jonathan. I'm here with Stephen Cervantes. How are you today? I am blessed, excited, ready to go. Yeah, St- Stephen came in this morning. Man, he's got his he's got his tie on tight, <laughs> and he is he is pressed and ready to go. You know, before we get started, I want to share with you about a resource that um, maybe some of you know about, but maybe many of you don't. Uh, we have a ministry called Pure Community, which is a great place to go for all kinds of resources pertaining to any kind of sexual brokenness issue. And so if you're looking for help for yourself or for a friend or a loved one, uh, whether that be a man, a woman, a teenager, parents, um, there's just all kinds of information that you can get through Pure Community. If you go to purecommunity.org, you can find all of these resources, everything from seminars to intensives to groups, counselors, books, blogs, podcasts, all kinds of great information. Again, that's purecommunity.org. So, Stephen, you came in pumped up <laughs> about identity, oh, and I can't wait to hear good. how this is all going to unfold. So, you know, we've been breaking apart the emotional system uh, in men with sexual struggles and trying to understand the pieces, right? And what we know is, as young boys, we were unsure about our identity. And so what's become clear to me is we split. When trust is broken, we split in half. We're going to hide ourselves, and we're going to try and be something that earns us worth and trust. So this identity piece is a part of this emotional map we're sort of going over over time, and we've done a few programs on it. We'll we'll do it again because if you understand, it's a core piece. Yeah, yeah that's right. If you understand your emotional system, you're going to be successful. If you don't get it, you're going to stumble and limp and fumble around. So I'm always listening for things, especially about identity. You know, it's like listen Sunday morning. They're talking about identity in Christ, right? Let's turn the radio on today. You'll hear somebody talking about your identity. Identity is such a big piece of who we are. And uh, so this friend says, well, I'm, I'm doing the Ted Decker 
meditation book again. I said, what? What are you talking about? He says, yeah, this guy writes all these books. I don't, you know, I'm I'm sort of, some of them are hard to read. I'm not pushing this guy, but he did, he did a really good devotional. So I thought, well, well, let me see. I want to see it, you know. So it's 21 days, and the first part's about identity. So I'm hooked. I'm just hooked. Mm-hmm. So I have these thoughts I want to roll out there. They're from him. His book is called The Forgotten Way, Ted Decker, and it's his meditations. And I think it's a 21-day meditation. Uh, <clears throat> so he says, life is a journey of transformation. And from what? From being a victim in a world that's darkened, full of deception, to becoming an overcomer. How? By the awakening of our true identity. Mm. What do you think? I mean, that's a very, I think, succinct and simple way to state an incredibly profound reality. I mean, we have been, uh, you know, one of the, one of your favorite phrases to say all the time, especially as it pertains to men that we see in who've been entangled in some kind of sexual stronghold, is that um, this didn't originate as your idea. Somewhere when you're in your childhood, somebody else's brokenness got dumped into your life. Ooh, that's good. It got woven into your young life. And so I think that pertains also to that identity piece. Somewhere along the way, something was spoken into your life. Something was put into your mind as to what your identity was. And that's a, you, you know, when he says victims in a world darkened by deception. I mean, I love those three words. That's it. He, he nailed it, right? We've been victimized, and then we think we're somehow the victim of, and it's dark and confusing, and there's deception everywhere. Mm-hmm. Now he says, okay, find your true identity. And that is that journey of transformation, right? Yes. Is going from this place of victimhood in the dark and, and the world of lies to a place of waking up yes. to the truth and light of our of who we really An are. An awakening. I love that word, awakening and becoming overcomers. How? By accepting our true identity, right? If you run a false belief system with bad identity, how do you live well? Mm-hmm. You know, you don't. So he said, life is a journey of transformation, of awakening, and of renewing your mind. Mm. I love that renewing because it's a Bible verse, right? Right. Renew yeah. your mind. But also, it, it gives us uh, some responsibility in this. It's not like, well, show up and we're going to get this magnetic eraser. We're going to erase your mind and we're going to give you a new program, okay? Or like somehow you just get this... Um divine cortisone shot or yeah, something. Yeah, you know, there like you go. There is, a, there is that active nature to this. There's a, if, you, if, if you want to put it in, in relational terms, there is a complementarian idea here which says, you know, the truth comes from God, right? The truth is God. But in terms of our interaction to that, there is this relational kind of dance that goes on, right? In terms of that overall renewal yes. process. Yes. You know, you know, the big Bible word or big, big theological term is this idea of sanctification, right? And that's very yes. process oriented. And he's putting it in the words of transformation, right? Yes. And that, good. that assumes movement. And some of that movement is on our part, right? In this renewing of 
the mind because you can't renew my mind, can you? No, no. <laughs> You're I, responsible I'm doing for your good own with mind. my own. If I can manage my own, you know. And it's interesting because I keep hearing this lady's voice who said to me, "I'm sick of the preachers that say, let it drop from your head to your heart, the 18 inch mm-hmm. drop. Do it, do it.'" And then she says, "But nobody tells you how to get it to drop from your head to your heart. But everybody will tell you. Here's the problem. Here's the problem." And he says, "Here's how it happens." You let go of the th- of who you think you are. Now you've developed this all your life, right? And you have to let go of who you think you are, so that you can see, and you can be who you truly are. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it. There's always a little bit. This is just part of my personality. There's always this little bit of skeptic in me. There's always this little bit of. You know, let's let's look at that from another angle. Let's question that. And that's good in terms of exploring and learning and that kind of thing. So there's a part of me that when I hear that, I think... Hey, hear what, though? What do you think? Of let, go? Of, of let go and see who you truly are. There's a little bit of me that says, but part of our problem is that we are so self-deceived. There's a lot of people out there that are openly saying, this is who I am. And it doesn't actually and line up with the truth. <laughs> it's who they made themselves to be or so they want to be and all that kind of stuff. But it's not spiritually so true. So I think there's layers of deception that people go through mm. where they're saying, well, now this is who I truly am. And they, they, they live in that for a while and they discover that's not satisfying. There's, that's still empty. There's no real sense of fulfillment or light or truth in that. And so I think mm. there's we need to be careful here in terms of letting people know this is not like a one-time, hey, the light switch goes on and all of a sudden all deception is rid from my life. I think we're in a perpetual state of uncovering all the multiple layers of self-deception. And trying to figure out who we truly who are. Who we truly right? are. Yeah, self-deception in, in terms of this identity issue. Yes, that's good. So he says we're actually experiencing two radically different realities. And and think about that. What I have believed all my life and what God who God says I am, right? I live in a physical world, but we're also spiritual beings. We're also mm-hmm. living in a spiritual world, right? Yeah. And so I have felt like a victim, right? Because the world has not loved me well. And, and, oh, but then you tell me Jesus loves me a lot. Mm-hmm. Those are so such different realities. Go ahead. You got a comment or no? You want the next line? Yeah, go ahead and give the next line. I think it's good. So many of us are raised in this garden-like experience, protected, nurtured, young, loved, but very young were cast out only to discover a world full of danger. Mm-hmm. You know, who's really equipped to go out in the world, no matter what your parents did, no matter how you live? I mean, you live protected at home, and then you have to go out in the world, and you have to make your own way. You have to find your own place. Yeah, and that's a scary thing, and that's why sometimes when we when we try to just rush in with our leading comment being, Jesus loves you, when somebody has been traumatized and scared and has no context for anything having to do with the idea of love and safety and true security and that's a that's an overwhelming type of a message to receive on the front end don't you think as as, as yeah. far as identity oh, yes. and feeling it's like, just what you said the skeptic will come out and say wait you don't know yeah right? and and so there is this and and I'm seeing 
emerge here, this idea that identity is deeply rooted in relationship. Because, mm-hmm. Stephen, if I don't know you and I come and start trying to speak all of these words Ooh, that's of, a good point. hey, here's what you need, and Jesus is the answer, and Jesus loves you, and you're going to raise your eyebrow and go, buddy, you, you don't even know my name. How do you, how do you, how are you going to speak into my life something yeah. of, you know what I mean? So there is a trust element that we allow people to speak certain things into our life. Now, when we're really young, we don't really have a choice, right? When you're four years old and whatever right. your environment is, you don't have control over what's being spoken into your life and being able to, but even mm. there, there's a trust element, right? Cause you're assuming, well, I'm in a safe environment. My parents are the only context I know, and so therefore whatever they say to me must be true, right? Right. So if they're saying you're a worthless piece of scum, well, that's the only thing you I know, can listen, really embrace. Now listen, that's identity. It's woven. Exactly. It's emotional. It's how love is packaged, right? It's your view, and then you've got in the world with a whole diet of lived on, consumed that stuff. It's rough. Mm-hmm. So let's see. He said, the sum of my life was measuring up uh, and I was measuring up to avoid terrible punishment. So I was trying to live well so I wouldn't be punished. Or I was trying to win favor and be accepted and loved. Mm-hmm. And didn't he say that well? Live so you avoid terrible punishment and pain. Or, or tr- and try to, be, try to win and be loved really well. And, and, and you're caught in these worlds of don't get punished, don't do anything wrong. But you don't get very loved very well if you're trying to not be punished, right? And then everybody's trying to be the winner, the hero, the best, the top, so they can be loved. And it's, it's sort of a torment between it's the It's exhausting. Two. Yeah, that's a good way to say it. It is. I try to be good. I try to be good, but I don't get much reward, right, and, in some context. And I think something to, be, to note here is that the underlying desires are good. It is, it is, it is actually good to um, not want to be punished. <laughs> it yes. is actually good yes. to want to be accepted and loved. Those are good desires. What ends up happening is then we try to find everything about our identity in the pursuit of those things, rather than being able to rest in the true identity that is actually a gift given to us being made in the image of God, right? So That's I guess the, the, the deception in that is that if you, if you work and work and work and pursue and pursue and pursue, that's going to ultimately bring about this sense of fullness in your identity, right? And yeah, what he's you saying see people is, trying that like crazy, still working to be good. Yeah, right? what he's exhausting. saying is that's exhausting. That's not. Yeah, that's good. So he, he says, I wanted more in life. Um, so he said, but early on I had this strategy. Uh, if you go see a movie or read a novel, you can actually be the winner, right? You can get lost in fantasy and, and you can be the hero and you can be legendary. But in real life, I often found I was the loser. Mm. So I searched for my identity uh, and significance, and I tried to find it in the perception of other people. So I tried sports. I tried dressing well, belonging to a group. I even tried romance. But they all led to a broken heart. Isn't that good? Yeah. Isn't that us? Well, that, that, you know? that's just a great description of, that's life. Life is going to be, mm. you know, I don't want to be too dramatic here, but life is full of heartbreak. 
<laughs> There's just pain in life, right? So yes. if so what I'm hearing in this is the underlying pursuit is I want painless acceptance. I want painless love. Mm. I want painless, you know, fill in the blank of again these good desires but we're trying to get them in this idealistic sort of way that says, hey, listen, since I, the good desire is I want to be loved. Yes. But I really want all of that to occur without any pain. And so then when, our, when we're shaping our identity around that and pain happens, it's crushing because it takes our identity down with it. Mm, the that's heartbreak, right. The heartbreak brings our, the it, pain brings our identity down to that level. Yeah, and our broken, we're not enough, right? Mm-hmm. We still failed. It's sort of interesting what you said, because this other speaker was saying, look, life is full of heartbreak, but don't let it steal your joy. Mm-hmm. And he said, the, the more you understand this concept, the better equipped you'll be in life. And, and the way, Hardship will come. And the way I think to wrap it into this identity conversation is to ask the question, is the heartbreak, is it you? Is it the defining factor of you? In other words, list out yeah. list out whatever pain you've experienced and say, is that you? Is that broken relationship? Is that you? Is that lost job? Is that you? Is, you know, because what ends up happening is we have come to believe mm. that we are what we do and we are what we are involved in. So like when he's saying- But you're separating right now who we are spiritual beings, right? Well, in terms of context, identity, yes. In terms of identity, so when he, so the idea is, he's saying belonging to a group was my identity. Wearing nice clothes was my identity. Trying sports was my identity. So guess what? When all those endeavors fail, yes, who's the fail? It's like he is those things, rather than saying, "Hey, I played a sport. I was part of this group." I, mm-hmm. and not saying that's who I. Am. Those are two very different things. And I think that's what we're talking about here is when we get ourselves wrapped up in the what we do mm. as being the who we are, Yeah. then we have a huge you know, struggle. So he goes on, he says, I tried to fit in and avoid rejection all my life. He said, I even tried religion. And this was my thought. I, I can never measure up to other people. How could I ever measure up to a God? Right. <laughs> So I said, okay, I'm going to get on this path, and I'm going to win with God finally. If I can't win with people, I'm going to win with God. Um, what do you think about that thought? That's a logical conclusion. If, if God is this perfect being, as the Bible says he is, and he's holy and sinless and, and perfect, and then here I look across the table at you, and I know you're not holy and, and sinless, and I can't even meet your expectations— and my identity is wrapped up in that, Yeah. how on earth can I think that I could meet God's expectations? So this is, I think, why a lot of people can discontinue their endeavor to pursue God mm. because they have believed that they are, in other words, their identity is defined by the expectations that they have placed on them. So really, people listening to this are going to go, do people really have a place in my identity? Or does God speak my identity? Right? That's this discussion we're having right mm-hmm. now. And I think if you trace it back, you know, in terms of who is the one who originally breathed life into mankind, you have to say God is the ultimate source of identity. 
Mm, that's right, the maker. We're only yeah. the agents. So in other words, parents are to be agents of that message, of that breath, of that blessing to their children. But we're not the originator of that message that you have worth and value that's intrinsic to your being and is not dependent upon what you do. Mm. We're only supposed to be the agents of that message, but we screw it up, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I never doubted that... Uh, that my standing in the next life was covered, but I felt shame in this life and like a constant disappointment to God, full of failures. I couldn't even love well. I slumped in unworthiness. I condemned myself. And I was like most Christians, utterly lost to the reality of my true identity. I had to journey through this valley of darkness And one night, I heard the Father say, taste me and see that I'm good. I am love. I am Father. I'm your Father. So I closed my eyes and I let go go of my own fear of not having it all figured out. I let go of my fear of not having all the right doctrine or the right beliefs. I let go of my fear of not being acceptable to God or anyone else. I just let go, and I fell in the arms of my trusting Father. It was the difference between trying to be and resting in Him and just being present and open. Mm. You know, I think this is a great message for, especially for our listeners who live in the Western world that is so incredibly production-oriented. So we're constantly looking at what are we creating, what are we producing, what are we becoming, Mm. that we don't do this idea of being present and open very well, because it's always about what's next, what's next, what's next, what's next. And if your identity has become wrapped up in that success orientation- And do, do, do. Yeah. Then you're not- not at peace, you're not at rest, you're, you're not, well, you're not understanding what your true identity but is. But true identity then can be restful, right? Mm-hmm. To rest in his presence. So reading along in another book, there was this author that captured some material about what the Father would say to you. And so, Jonathan. And so I'm going to read this. I'm just going to read it, and I hope that it will wash over you and bless you. It's called My Child. And it is taken from, uh, you can get all kinds of great blessings from fathersloveletter.com. That's where this was taken from, fathersloveletter.com. And it's called My Child. You may not know me, but I know everything about you. I know when you sit down and when you rise up. I am familiar with all your ways. Even the very hairs on your head are numbered. For you were made in my image. In me you live and move and have your being. For you are my offspring. I knew you even before you were conceived. I chose you when I planned creation. You are not a mistake, for all your days are written in my book. I determined the exact time of your birth and where you would live. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. I knit you together in your mother's womb and brought you forth on the day you were born. I have been misrepresented by those who don't know me. I am not distant and angry but am the complete expression of love. And it is my desire to lavish my love on you, simply because you are my child and I am your father. I offer you more than your earthly father ever could, 
for I am the perfect Father. Every good gift that you receive comes from my hand, for I am your provider and I meet all your needs. My plan for your future has always been filled with hope, because I love you with an everlasting love. My thoughts toward you are countless as the sand on the seashore, and I rejoice over you with singing. I will never stop doing good to you, for you are my treasured possession. I desire to establish you with all my heart and all my soul, and I want to show you great and marvelous things. If you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. Delight in me, and I will give you the desires of your heart, for it is I who gave you those desires. I am able to do more for you than you could possibly imagine, for I am your greatest encourager. I am also the Father who comforts you in all your troubles. When you are brokenhearted, I am close to you. As a shepherd carries a lamb, I have carried you close to my heart. One day I will wipe away every tear from your eyes, and I'll take away all the pain you have suffered on this earth. I am your Father, and I love you even as I love my Son, Jesus. For in Jesus my love for you is revealed. He is the exact representation of my being. He came to demonstrate that I am for you, not against you, and to tell you that I am not counting your sins. Jesus died so that you and I could be reconciled. His death was the ultimate expression of my love for you. I gave up everything I loved that I might gain your love. If you receive the gift of my son Jesus, you receive me and nothing will ever separate you from my love again. Come home, and I'll throw the biggest party heaven has ever seen. I have always been father, and will always be father. I am waiting for you. Love your dad, almighty God. Wow. Wow. I, I wrote down a few words. Made in his image. I'm made in my father's image. Mm. And I'm his offspring. And true identity comes from that order. Not from letting someone else define you, but from knowing that you're made in the image of God, that you're his offspring, and that he wishes to lavish love on you. Not, not if you show up and do good, if you say good, if you memorize more than anybody else. And mm -hmm. No, he just... God is love, and he just wants to lavish you in love. And so if you, you want to go back and listen to this part again, just receive it. Jonathan's reading. There's a scripture for everything he's, he read. Mm -hmm. So just receive and rest in that being and know that you are a child in a father relationship with a father that says, you're good, you're good, and he wants to do good. He said, I just want you to do one thing, child. Just seek me. Seek me. And I'll show up and do all the rest. Because I am your encourager. And I am the great lover. And I love you first. And I like that line about a party in heaven. Mm -hmm. My brother had a birthday party yesterday. We celebrated. I think, I can't imagine being, being you know, the the one who is celebrated in heaven just for a moment just think about that thought you're the one that is celebrated in a grand spiritual party and you're the guest of honor you are the chosen one 
you know, as I was reading that, I was actually getting emotional reading that because there is such a profound blessing. And I, as I was reading it, I was thinking, you know, my prayer for our listeners is I know that not a hundred percent of us, um, heard those exact kinds of words growing up. That was not necessarily exactly what was poured in to our lives. And so for anyone out there that maybe that's the first time you've heard that kind of blessing spoken audibly in your life, I agree with Stephen. Go back and listen to it again. Allow it to be something that washes over you. That is the definition of your true identity. Your Father in heaven has spoken his love into your life. It, you know, that may not be what has been spoken into your life by others, but God gets the final say. He gets the final, he's yes. the final authority on identity. Mm. And he says, you're made in my image. Mm. Therefore, I, I can't look at you and, and not desire you, not want you, not love you. And so, uh, let that be a blessing for you today, no matter where you are on the journey, no matter what you've tried to do to earn love or earn favor or earn a sense of being, just receive that gift of your identity. Let go, yes. like Ted Decker said, just let go and be mm. present and open in the moment to receive that. that. Because you are good. You're made in his image. There is good in you. He, You are chosen. You are loved. And he says, I'm for you and you're for me. Mm-hmm. We hope this has been a blessing and really opened your eyes to the a better understanding of your true identity and how you can begin to walk in that. If you would like some help on your journey as you move forward, that's what we're here for. We want to come alongside and walk with you. So please reach out to us, and we look forward to having you back here again next time on the Pure Sex Radio broadcast. Pure Sex Radio is paid for by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us online at puresexradio.com.